Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. So, oh, Pastor, you have a son-in-law now. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> That's that is correct. It's, it sounds crazy. It sounds so crazy. Like for real. Like, how did I get to this place? <laughs> is that is that what you wake up each morning, my Lord? How how did I get here? Yeah, I'm still young, fly, fresh to death. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm that old. I I'm not old enough to be a father-in-law, mm. but uh, but it's all good though. It's interesting that you would. That's, I mean, what's what's the age of a father-in-law? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I was old enough, but I think you know, she was old enough. <laughs> I got married at. <laughs> 24. <laughs> oh, you got married at 24 also? Yeah, I was 24. I got married. So, wow. same. Yeah. So, so you set the tone, basically. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I got married Don't, when I was 24. How long did you and First Lady date? Did you date? Was that, was that a thing? No, you know, I'm, I'm holy, you know what I'm saying? I ain't dating nobody. We ain't coding, you know what I'm saying? Nah. We uh, <laughs> we was kicking it for a, a little while, you know. And um, then we went to Iraq and everything. And, yeah, it just, it just happened, you know what I mean? And it was just, uh, it just felt like she was the right person for me. And uh, uh-huh. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, I think we're a pretty good fit. Um, together with each other that's good i mean i i think mm-hmm. so but i'm not in your your marriage nor do i want right. to um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh that's interesting that there wasn't really like a a dating process for you yeah i tried i tried to break up with her a couple of times you know for real my life um, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. I can't be doing this. And uh, she's like, "No, you're not leaving me." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, I am. We're finished." Um, wow! But uh, it all turned around in, in her favor. So you know, she's the queen, Queen T, Queen T. Get what she want <laughs> for sure. Because yeah. I would have totally, if someone had to ask me, like, who pursued who. Or who was like the instigator? Mm-hmm. I would totally say it was you. Wow! Just with how you you shower her with all of these compliments, you're like, "This is my baby. <laughs> this is my boo." She all over your Instagram, like, "This is my right. girlfriend, my boo, and my bae." Like you just, just how you do it. It's almost like it was. I don't know. Yeah, no, you know, everybody be stealing that now. Like, this is my girlfriend and stuff like that. You know, I ain't hear nobody saying that until uh, until I start putting it out. So, trendsetter. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, indeed, you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah, it was uh, it was you know, we was uh, we worked together and stuff, and so just start kicking it, hanging out, and then yeah. went to Iraq together. And uh, 
it's been been good since. That's good. It it all came mm-hmm. together. Very much like it all came the, together. The all we're gonna talk together. about. <laughs> uh welcome yeah. everyone to MTZ Overflow Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Thorpe, with the Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen, who as we just found out, tried to break up with his wife and she wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> and so we love a strong woman, knowing what she wants and going after it. Amen. 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 Amen to that. So, Pastor, we are talking about um, the sermon and it's all coming together. Uh, what's the sermon series for September? Uh, the sermon series was... Um preaching the word of god so Preach. you know the simple church which is the prayer the preach word people and practicing our faith those are the four things for the uh for the year and so um these were the sermons that focuses on um the preach word of god cool all right so we'll dive into that um so the first sermon in the series is uh ezekiel or the first scripture, I guess, in the first sermon of the series is Ezekiel 37. Um, talk to us a bit about who is Ezekiel? Is Ezekiel writing this? Where? How did he get to where he is? Um, just a little bit more about what's going on in the text. All right. Uh, Ezekiel is a prophet. Um, I think, uh, yeah, he was. I'm not, I think, but Ezekiel was a prophet. <laughs> so you edit that out. Ezekiel was a prophet uh, for the Lord and for the children of Israel. He was the the mouthpiece that he spoke to the people on behalf of God. And in this um, in this portion of scripture, he is receiving a vision from God about what God was about to what God was about to do for the people. All right. So he's receiving a vision from God concerning what God was about to do for the people. And so that's why he said, you know, the spirit of the Lord was upon me. And so this all is just a vision from the Lord concerning the well-being of the children of Israel who had been in captivity uh, now on their way back home. Mm, okay. That, that's helpful because at first when I first read it I thought it was two separate instances that were happening out of like one right after the other because mm-hmm. I really thought um the bones were coming to life and I'll get into that uh, a little bit later okay. uh, but uh I have a contextual definition so in verse six uh the scripture says I will put sinews on you and bring flesh back uh flesh upon you what's a sinew it's like the tendons and uh, uh, to you know, hold the joints together, right? It's mm. like tendons, and so that's the sinews. Okay, thank you. Like the, so, uh, you know, like when your mom said, "Girl, you don't got no back. You got a what they say, gristle, <laughs> something like that." With little girl, <laughs> my back. You don't got no back. You got gristle. So, uh, <laughs> something like that. I think that's what I remember. It's just, you know, it's the. Uh, um, what holds the bones together? So I'm not a doctor, or anything, but that's what that's what a you are. Is. You are a doctor. Oh yeah, <laughs> not a medical doctor. I <laughs> yeah, 
rewind. Uh, yeah, I'm not a medical doctor, but that's what it's referring to. So with this and the conversation, or with Ezekiel talking about the bones, is would this be considered a prophecy as it alludes to a conversation with the people of Israel? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So that's what God revealing to him through this vision, through this, um, that he's able to see what's going on and he can interpret what's going on uh, for the well-being of the children of Israel. Yeah. And, uh, and you've shared so much, even thinking of, I like to think of God's people as how much he cared for the people of Israel, how he cares for us now. Uh, and just talking <clears throat> about the pandemic that did a big, uh, what's the word? I, I don't. I can't think of the word. But it did a huge number in like tearing us apart, um, removing mm -hmm. us from the quote unquote structure, quote unquote bones um, of our society. All the things that we had um, put on it, it it pulled that away. And I, and I, as you recanted it in the sermon, it was crazy to think like, wow, like those things act like those happened the right. people that were in our homes or if you were by yourself like that reality of that i'm sure even the people that were by themselves didn't like themselves that much mm -hmm. um you know you learn a lot the essential workers teaching from home racism in the healthcare system george floyd um and then our our churches being able to reach other uh, to continue to reach people um throughout all of it it's just the it's a very recent history and i know that there are plenty of people that are not always um they're like we move past it we move past it but you continue to remind us that this is a part of our story mm -hmm. um so i think i can answer this but like why do you keep pulling on tagging on the pandemic why don't you just you know move beyond it why do why do you keep revisiting it <laughs> Well, for um, this particular Sunday, it was uh, Homecoming Sunday. Um, and not only were we focusing on uh, people coming back from vacation, but also people who may have never been in church before. And the reason they weren't in church, were not in church recently, is because of the pandemic. Uh, we went back in in May 2021. Um, and so we um, started back in person worship and, you know, Across the country, many people are experiencing, uh, many churches are experiencing um, people not coming back to church like they used to. And congregations are either dying or congregations are not seeing the same amount of people in person. And people are uh, using the virtual method of worship rather than in person. And so, <clears throat> and so that's what what pretty much the cause of this sermon, um, this, you know, it was the, you know, the, the overarching theme of this sermon, uh, was welcoming people back into worship, hoping that people will come back, uh, because I believe the church is the safest place to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, not because it's super spiritual, um, but because we put in the right measures and precautions to keep people safe when they come in spiritual, mm -hmm. you feel me? Um, mm -hmm. and so, um, no, you go anywhere, um, 
And and you will see that you know when you come to church, you know we got people standing at the door giving you hand sanitizer. You know even when before COVID, you know before we then the mask re, uh, requirement was in effect. You know we was checking temperatures, we was making sure people hand sanitized, we were putting people six feet away. Um, and you weren't getting that in other places. And we did that for a long time um, until we saw to know okay we can. Uh, to come up, come up off some of our restrictions, and uh, we we came up off them, uh, and uh, we've still been, I think, one of the safest places to be in. So that's what was the to talk about where we've come from, and now how we've been so separated because of COVID nineteen. Now we can come back together, uh, mm -hmm. and looking at this and what seeing that this what uh, causes us. Um, to come back together as a people, um, as a church. Yes, definitely. So with coming back and because some people may have thought that it was it was kind of a dead situation, kind of like into your mm -hmm. first point of just like, well, how I knew church up before wasn't that's dead. Right. Um, but we we come back into <clears> it. <throat> um, I want to hear more of your thoughts on how like this prophecy for Ezekiel, because um, uh, when in the vision, God brings him into a valley um, of of dry bones. It's dark, I'm assuming, in my biblical imagination, I'm uh, presuming it's like dark, um, damp, kind of like he's walking around, like in some of those um, like Hobbit movies where they're like in a cave, like a flashlight lantern. But just thinking of like, Instead of God showing Ezekiel like the end result, why did he like bring him there? Like in the vision, like why does why did God bring him to like a low point? Because I'm sure it wasn't like it was probably a depressing place to be. Yeah. So um, during this time, um, the children of Israel they are in captivity under the control of Babylon. So they're already in a de depressing place. Um, so he brings them, brings him to this valley uh, of dry bones because um, that that is the assumption or the appearance that the children of Israel may have had that we're dead, we're done, we're over. There's no return. Uh, we, we've been in captivity under the control of the Babylonian Empire. It's over for us, right? And so he brings them to a place where he 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 can be able to Ezekiel can be able to encourage the people, um, yo, even in dead situations, God can provide life. Mm -hmm. So he shows them this vivid vision that's valuable for the people to be able to find strength, hope, and even some joy no matter what they was going through. So I think that that's the over the overarching goal of the vision is, yo, this is some, this is a dead place. Yeah. It's dead. It's, you know, it can't nowhere around it though. He said the, the mm -hmm. valley was full of dry bones. Right. And I think I put in the sermon, like uh, the Holy spirit leads, uh, could have led us to any place, but sometimes it leads us to places we do not desire to be in. Mm -hmm. some places that we do not want to be in, but he leads us there. And by his leading, 
we can find um, purpose. And where's there's purpose, right? Then there's mm -hmm. production. And if there's production, uh, then we'll be able to fulfill vision um, that we have seen. And so that's what I believe takes from there, shows in them these dry bones. And uh, initially it's just you know, a picture of death and dying and dryness. That's all he sees. He said the valley was full. It was as if he's walking on top of the bones and so many bones everywhere. They, you know, he's just like, this, this, this is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's just walking around in the vision in the valley of dry bones. Wow. Yeah. Whew. That's just a, that's like <laughs> an overwhelming thought. So I couldn't even imagine like as a vision, like the reality of how God depicted it for him. <laughs> and uh as i've stated in, in other podcasts like learning more about how god communicates with us and how he does us <laughs> he does us wrong sometimes in the sense of how he sets us up um like when god asks ezekiel the question mm -hmm. of um you know uh, who can uh can these bones live like <laughs> He's like, like, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel, like, I don't, I don't. I just imagine his response being like, Lord, I don't know you. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> Why'd you mm -hmm. bring me here? You know the answer. Like, and part of me feels that it's, you know, hey, God wants to see what the answer is, but also God wants to know where our heart is and where we find our strength. But what? <laughs> why did God do, do Ezekiel like that? Yeah, you can see all through the Bible where uh, God asks the question with uh, when he already knows the answer. Yeah. Adam, where are you? Right. And it just causes us to think where where we are and uh, um, wh what are we doing and is what and whatever we're doing. Is it the right thing? Where are you? Then you see. um Uh, you see, you know, Jesus, what I was about to say, Adam, where are you? Question that's asked. Uh, so just questions that that you see throughout the Bible of God already knowing the answer to. Uh, but he asks us so that we can respond with how we feel. Mm. Right. He knows the answer. Can these bones live? Um, yeah, Adam, where are you? You know, when, when Adam and Eve during the fall, he knows the answer, but it allows us uh, then to think, okay, um, I don't know, uh, only you can do it, mm -hmm. or, or, or Ezekiel, whatever Ezekiel would respond like, yeah, these bones, these bones can live if we, if I can do this, do this for them, but he says no. Lord, only you know, mm. right? As if to say, Lord, I'm not depending on anyone else. I'm depending mm. on you to make sure these bones come to life. And so I think that's where we must stand on our faith, our belief, even when God is the one asking uh, the question that we are mm, like, uh, I don't know the answer, but the answer mm -hmm. that I'm going to take to this is, Lord, only you know. And so mm -hmm. God sometimes put us in those predicaments and access uh, what we would consider irrelevant questions. But to him, they are uh, very much intentional 
of discovering how we're feeling in the situation. And then it reveals our level of faith also. Mm. That's really powerful. It reveals our level of faith. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. Um, in the, uh, as the vision concludes, uh, the bones begin to shake and how how the vision is depicted as you know the you know the bones uh, the bones begin to shake they rise up um i think of throughout even throughout the rest of the vision which we'll talk about too i think of uh i was thinking of like what is a space that has like a whole bunch of dry bones um and the best like depiction i could think of is in the animated version of the lion king with the elephant graveyard where Simba and Nala run where they're not supposed to be and just thinking of if all of those elephant bones started to shake and form you know the elephant uh, that it once was in the flesh so that that's kind of like the image that that I've used kind of throughout it but I mean but even still they just get up their bones and they need the Lord's breath to to breathe into it and bring back this word ruah mm-hmm. um and i didn't know it had uh the three the uh, jews three different ways breath wind and spirit uh in the passage and i guess the i guess it's probably just a different understanding of language um but why is this word utilized three different ways it's like what's the what's the impact and power of this word right so ultimately, um, when you look at, you can look at, you know, you look literally at dead bones, but you also can look at figuratively. Um, dead bones can be broken marriages. Dead mm-hmm. bones can be literacy of our children in school. Dead bones can be this economic system for African-Americans in America. Uh, dead bones could be um, the health system. Uh, the disparities that are there and show and that we've seen of how um, some people can get the proper treatment that they need and others cannot based off their zip code. And so mm-hmm. if we look at it uh, figuratively, there's a lot of dead bones, especially in the African-American community. Um, so how do we respond to that um, as believers and those who have you know, the ability to preach the word is to preach to those bones, right? Mm-hmm. And then not only we preach to those bones, we need to also preach to the breath to breathe into these dead situations. And this is the ruah of God, right? The breath, the breath of God. Um and I said, you know, it, it meaning in, in in this patches, it could be breath, wind, and spirit. Breath, right? Because now um these bones have flesh upon them and they're standing, but they're still zombies, like, right? They're the walking dead, so they need breath in order to live. Mm-hmm. The wind was the forceful uh, wind, wind that comes through and that, you know, often when you talk about the wind of God, is like something that awakes. It caused like a revival or, or something um, to happen. And then the spirit. When you think about breath, you're thinking about the spirit of God, how the spirit of God moves. So the ruah of God is it can be considered one or three breath, wind or spirit. 
That's pretty pop. Mm. And so we need that. We need that breath to inst- have to have a little bit of God, at least within us, to get us started. Get all of God. They get all of God because the Spirit of God is the third portion of the Triune God. Um, mm. So you don't get a little; you get all of them. You get the you get the whole whole portion of who God is uh, mm-hmm. when you receive the Holy Spirit. And, and and we believe that once we um, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, then we shall be saved. And after salvation, we receive the spirit of God, the Ruah of God is as if God is breathing inside of us. And we need that breath in order for us to live, especially in this world um, that's constantly trying to suffocate us. Mm. Uh, Living in this world that's constantly trying to remove our breath from us. (laughs) Uh, We need the Holy Spirit to continue to give us life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And you also talk about how the how spirit breathes on the people and the spirit does three things. It revives, solidifies, and strengthens. As you talked about the solidifying part, I, I kept thinking like the the solidifies takes time. And maybe I'm wrong, and please correct me if I'm wrong. But you know, the the part about being able to to give us the ability to stand on our own, to um, do for your, do for ourselves um, that we have been depending on other people to do. I feel that we we want this to happen immediately. Say it's um, getting up, uh, maybe not getting out of debt, but like moving out of a parent's house, but yet we're not prepared to do that. We haven't saved. We haven't really compared market prices. We're, you know, what we're making it's bounty right now living in our parents home but we live on our own like we can be stretched really thin so what are our other goals within that do we make those adjustments um that's that's how i felt when the thought about solidifying uh with the spirit is that this takes more time and use utilizing this time to really grow in our relationship with god um am i off on that does that make sense uh, yeah, it makes sense, but it's no, um, every person is different, right? Um, every person is different. Um, we have some people that are addicted to cigarettes and with, for one person, um, uh, they can stop instantly. Another person, it may take years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every, but, but it's on us to allow the Holy spirit to operate in us fully and completely to help us with those cravings or with what you're talking about, life choices moving in the right direction. It's on us to depend on God fully. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking about something quick. Not everything takes time, but if you have the energy, the wherewithal and the persistency of trusting in God, uh, it eliminates some of the heartache um, that we often put ourselves in because we are not totally and completely depending on the Holy Spirit to be our strength, our guide, and uh, and our lead. So we we definitely need to, uh, when it comes to uh, being solidified, you know, bringing things together and being able to stand on your own two feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully that's the goal of many of y'all. I want to I stand on my own two feet. And the Holy Spirit allows us to do that 
especially prevents us from having having to depend on somebody else to be uh the um one net uh, responsible for my well-being mm-hmm. so like you said if i'm an adult that's living at home and i want to be on my own i really got to figure it all out um before i jump out and and be in in um dire situations so so that's on me. I got to figure that out and I got to make the proper choices that I should have been trying to make prior to getting to adulthood. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's uh, some things you got to you got to really examine within your own life. How do you move? How do you operate? Um, and then how you allow the Holy Spirit to truly be lead over your life if you have them resting inside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that leading is is important because like we our society is very much like I'm in control of the, I'm the quote unquote master of my own destiny quote unquote captain of my own ship but we when we surrender to God it's the hope that he will lead us through all of that which is the third point um, where we tie in the connection of the bones to to the house of Israel that feels that they are dry their hope is lost and um that they are cut off um and you said israel felt like this because of the babylonians the war that they were in with the babylonians yeah um you so yeah talk to you you shared about how people have felt dry and and you hope that the way that you preach um is bringing breath into those bones and make and makes noise or, or it, the bones are making noise because of the ruah that God has that God breathed into them as Ezekiel was speaking to them, and then as a preacher, is that as you're going through seminary and as you're practicing, the intent is to have the people cry out and and make noise to, you know, to feel that ruah to be filled with that ruah. Right. The goal, the goal of the preaching moment is to point people to Christ. And the goal of the preaching moment is to also get a response from the people to be able to uh, respond to God, not Mm. not to the sermon, not to the preacher, but to the one who touched the preacher to preach the words. Uh, And and my goal is always not to say hear people say what a great sermon. After I preach, my goal is to say, hear people say, what a great God, mm. what a great God we serve. And so after hearing the words of the sermon, um, I want people to be able to say, yes, there is hope. Yes, um, I can make it through this, not because of Reverend Allen, but because of who God is. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the that's the ultimate goal uh, of preaching is pointing people um, to the cross, to God. And that they may be able to find their way of of hope, strength, and inspiration through the preach word of God. What do you say to folks who say that uh, I'm just not feeling the preacher? Is that is that normal human response, or should they take some find time to one. huh find a, find another preacher then? Okay, uh, no. is that is is that more of the message versus? you know, digging deeper beyond. And like you said, are they preaching the word? Yeah. So if someone is preaching Bible, straight Bible, 
there's nothing you can argue with. now if they get up there preaching facebook or jet magazine or preaching from you know all these illustrations from other places uh-huh. uh then then of course you should be leery of that person but if someone is preaching complete bible that what's in front of interpret and in interpreting the text fully and completely to the biblical text in which they had read in front of the people that can't be challenged um mm-hmm. now when when they begin to preach about themselves or the foolishness um that they see around then that can be challenged so if if someone like yo I'm not feeling the preacher I'm not feeling the pastor go somewhere else find you someone you feeling because mm. you know every pastor preacher has their own preaching style and if their style is not um what you're looking for why stay why stick around yeah. you know uh, i know this is your grandmama church but um if you not if he's not or she is not giving you or feeding you how you expect to be fed now why why stay and mm. then, you know, when we don't like something, we speak on it. And, and when we get a chance to say something, we're going to say something and we're going to be negative. And if if they are preaching the unadulterary word of God, there's no challenge in that. But if it's not your flavor or your style of preaching, go somewhere else. Mm. Okay. Um, and so... Was that harsh? It was honest. <laughs> And that's what this is about. This is about honesty. Yeah, I I just get so confused about that. People um, constantly go to a church where they're constantly talking about the pastor, but they keep going. You you're not obligated. You're not obligated there. You're not forced to go to one particular church. Find another church that fits your style and that's able to speak to you, and and that'll help you more than more than complaining and cussing mm-hmm. and fussing about the pastor that's currently there. Yep. Yeah. I think it's Yeah, I, I've 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 always been curious about that. How people do that. Because I've I've visited other churches. I don't know if I shared this with you, but whenever I've moved to a new city, I do like a trial period with mm-hmm. each church. So I'll spend four weeks, I'll do sermon and, and Bible study to get like a feel of, you know, how are they run consistently? Um, who's showing up, how's the word? Because, you know, you could go one week, pastor, like, the sermon, like, really touched you. Right. But, but then, like, the next week, it's like, mm, that didn't maybe, like, hit, or maybe they were off. Because right. if you're not, you know, so, so I it's do like that. basketball, you know, some days you own, some days you off, you know. That's it's right. Honest, honest, honest assessment. Some days you, some days you just struggle through that thing, like. <laughs> yep. Lord, thank you for another chance. And then some days you'd be like, you know, that that was a good sermon right there. And so it's just, it just, <laughs> yeah, yes. you, you know, you know, you had it on. It was on. You was, everything was going good. Your transitions, your illustrations, yep. Yep. Uh, your your topics, your title, everything like merged together and going well. And you know that. Then just some days you like, thank you, Jesus, for another chance. I get to do it again <laughs> next week. Yeah. Right. And so you want to, I like to get a little, like almost a sample size of, of what it could be uh, and how people are engaging. And I think more people need to take time to do that, especially if they move to a new place or say there's a new pastor at the church that they've always gone to, you know, Hey, maybe that 
that church isn't for you anymore. Yeah, you grew up there and the people are there. But are you are you getting fed in the way that you need to? Uh, and I think people need to take more time to do that. Um, and, and not feel bad. Because when mm-hmm. I left for this job, uh, every preacher or pastor has always been, hey, like, just let me know if you leave. You know, like, I may be able to connect you with another church where you know. And every time I've done that, it's the minister, pastor has always been very encouraging, um, has made recommendations. Some don't know. Um, but I think that's just, you, you have to go where, where you're going to get fed. Right. Um, and so it's, it's not, or I missed it in the scripture. Um, did the people of Israel get fed after Ezekiel? went to them did they get what fed 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 like did they get the ruah the people of israel oh yeah you know you know they uh they return home right um they they get they get restored um mm. the promises that he gave you know I'm, I'm going to open graves and cause you to come out i'm bringing you back to the land of israel then you'll know that i am the lord and so that that all of that happened in the prophecy right the vision mm. that he gave with the prophecy you know what he was going to do and so that's that's ultimately uh what uh what what happened yeah they they went through this exile they went through this captivity but ultimately um god allowed them to come back home um today mm. today to that place and and that's for all of us to know that we may be in exile from some issues some addiction some relationship may feel as if we're in exile, but God always allow you to come back home. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the hope of our lives that we can always return until we're no longer alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so can't take that for granted that we're going to always be able to return because of grace. So we can leave whenever we want and then just return, but we must be consistent and uh, trusting and leaning dependent on the Lord. Yep. Those are all of the questions that I have. Do you have any uh, pastoral parting pieces of wisdom? Yeah, all I want to say is God did, as DJ Kelly would say. You know, okay. We was out. You know, people didn't think we'd be able to come back and worship. God mm-hmm. did. People mm-hmm. was talking about how the church was over. It's the end of the church. Church won't be able to be the same. But God did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, even some people thought the church was going to go completely under, under, but God made a way for us to thrive better now after the pandemic and in the pandemic than before mm. the pandemic. God did. So we like DJ Kelly here. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> this fly is getting on my nerves. Y'all haven't seen it, but Pastor's been fighting a fly this whole time. So we thank him for his professionalism. His ability to not mm. let the devil throw him. Hey, Shaita. Pastor, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, continue to check back for new episodes and check us out on mtvlife.com. Until then, stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.